Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. We are so excited to announce that Brave Commerce will be a media partner of Adweek's live virtual event, Commerce Week, this November 30th to December 2nd. Throughout Commerce Week, marketing leaders will share their strategies for innovation as brands adapt to the evolving consumer habits and new channels for discovery in 2022. We at Brave Commerce are thrilled to be part of an event that is elevating new digital trends, highlighting powerful industry leaders, as our podcast aims to do each and every week. And we will also be recording a live episode of Brave Commerce titled Staying Relevant in Consumer Dynamics with Joey Bergstein, the CEO of Sabra on December 1st at 1110 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Excited to see y'all at Adweek's Commerce Week, November, December. I'm a big believer in the elevator pitch. I tell everyone on my team, if you bump into the CEO, and our CEO is quite accessible, in the elevator, and he asks you a question, you want to be able to answer that within that elevator ride. Make sure your answer is simple, even if it's a really complex question. So know your elevator pitch. I think as we start to now come out of COVID, what we might be missing is how do you create like collaboration and a collective kind of team spirit, because now you've got people kind of spread all over, in our case, the U.S. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. I imagine Profitero is like Micmac right now, and you're knee-deep in 2022 strategic planning. Are you doing that? I'm on the beach in the Bahamas. Did, did I miss something? Oh, that's why your background looks so nice today. Yes, the sun is shining. And yes, we are in Q4, which is like where everything kind of comes together, where you've got to optimize in the Rachel Typograph signature hands-on keyboard, but also be involved in every planning meeting under the sun. It's a lot. Surprised we can even pull off this podcast right now. You know, one of the things that I've been thinking about is Micmac scales, and especially in this like hybrid virtual world that we mostly live in, is how do you communicate the nuances of a strategic plan to several hundred people? You've done this day in and day out for years. How do you go about it? 
acronyms, alliteration, frequency. Somebody once told me that when you get to a point where you're so sick of hearing yourself say it, that's when you know there's a chance that people actually absorbed it. How about you? I love that. I've always thought of it as a politician where you just need to repeat, repeat, repeat your platform until people come with you. But I thought on today's episode, Dana, she used an acronym that you apparently knew, and it was new to me. Ah, age. I guess. It's always age. For all those millennials out there, tell me if you've heard of this. It is Keep It Simple Stupid, and the acronym is KISS. Yeah, it's that simple. And frankly, the way that Dana speaks is on the one hand, like just devoid of buzzwords, which you know I love, and yet extremely easy to understand and apply. And that's kind of what you need on an industry podcast, because if all we're doing is talking acronyms all day long, we're just in our own little echo chamber of BS. And, you know, we're going to turn to Dana in just a second, but she really frames everything so nicely. And she's been at Colgate for two decades. And when she really boils down what her job is as a GM, is to execute the KISS acronym every single day. But another way of saying it is she really sees her priorities as setting the strategic vision and building talent. I thought that was such a beautiful articulation of of leadership and another way to simplify what could often feel like a very complex job. Well, Rachel, when you put it that way, you and I have some very simple jobs, don't we? We do, and I don't know know how well I'm doing at it, but uh, you could be the own judge for yourself. Well, I'm just going to go back to the Bahamas and we, the rest of us can uh, listen to Dana. Well, on that note, let's bring Dana onto the show. Hey, Dana. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Super excited to have you here because my last time I was with you, I felt like I was literally in a Harvard Business Review article live talking about leadership. So hopefully we can replicate some of that for our audience. You've been at Colgate for almost 20 years. How has your role evolved over the last two decades? Oh, my gosh. When you say 20 years, that makes me feel a bit like a dinosaur. So I'm really not not as old as the 20 years. But look, you know, in 20 years, there are certain things that probably haven't changed much. The leadership expectations haven't changed. So you're required to build talent, you're required to, you know, set the strategic vision and the priorities to deliver results. That hasn't changed really in 20 years. I think what has changed is really the pace of change. The change is the one thing that's constant at this point in time. So you need to have that North Star, but you need to be super flexible in how you get there. I think there's then an increased need for focus because you can do everything, but you can't do everything at the same time. And then I think the other thing that's changed, what I'm super happy about, is that you went from kind of needing to know everything about the business to really needing to know about people. And that, I think, is the real difference now is that for those companies that really understand their consumer and what service or product they're going to provide, they're going to win the battle. When do you feel like that shift happened from needing to know the business to needing to know your consumers? I think... Over the last, let's call it 10 years, but that's probably even maybe too long. I think as you started as the 
cost to kind of entry into like CPG was lowered. Those barriers were much lower. You had a lot of what we call them the ankle biters, all these kind of small, nimble, sometimes D2C first brands or technology first brands. And they really forced the change because they knew and understood their consumer better than anybody because that's what their business model was all about. I started on D2C. I have a one-to-one relationship with them. And I think they kind of forced a wake-up call for big CPGs. Like we were kind of sitting back, getting a little tired and dusty. And and I, I, and I think they forced a wake-up call with us, which is like, hey, you guys, we're going to keep stealing your business if you don't wake up and really start understanding who are the people that buy your products. That's a great point. I think one of the advantages that longstanding CPG companies have had, also for somebody who's been working for more than 20 years, I don't consider more than 20 years a long time. I think it it gives you perspective. Thank you, Sarah. I feel like I'm the bubby in the room. (laughs) One of the things that, that you get from having that that tenure in the category is you get to play both the short game and the long game. Once you start fighting with some of the D2C guys, the ankle biters, as you say, the ankle biters that get a little bigger because they bite a lot of ankles. As they start gaining share, do you find that like you end up, you end up on your back foot? Like, how do you still maintain the combination of the swagger and being able to plan short term and long term? How do you balance all of that? Yeah, look, you're always trying to keep one foot in the, what I'll call the core, like that's the business that keeps the lights on and and pays the bills. And then another foot in, where's the future growth going to come from? And so, you know, that is a, like a seesaw, a balance that you need to play constantly. So you need to look at your team and you need to say, look, if all my team is focused on driving my core, then I'm probably not going to be ready for the future. The same as the reverse. If I had everybody just focusing on where's the future growth going to come from, the bottom would fall out and I'd have a PL that would be, you know, atrocious. And so I, I think you you constantly are playing this balance. I actually think you know that's one of the benefits of, you know, Colgate is 200 years old. And what 200 years gives you is it's a brand that people trust. And at the end of the day, you know, it's still something I'm going to put in my mouth in the case of of oral care. It needs to be from a brand that I trust and I know is going to work. That doesn't mean you sit back and you let it get dusty. That affords you some time to keep that core healthy while you're making experiments like co by Colgate or hum by Colgate that may or may not work out for you, but it allows you that opportunity to play those experiments while you keep the core healthy. Let's dive into that a little bit more because I think you're right. There's this balance between your assets being liabilities and your liabilities being assets. So you're basically saying a 200-year-old brand has 200 years of trust built in the fabric of humanity, which is great. At the same time, how long does it take to build trust in today's day and age? I mean, it's always faster to lose it than it is to gain it. For sure. Do you need 200 years in order to build trust between a brand and a consumer these days? I don't think so. If you're really clear as a company what your purpose is, you then deliver on that purpose, both with a product that lives up to whatever you've said that purpose is, and you're putting your money where your mouth is. You know, there's a lot of people that talk a lot of blah, 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 but are they really delivering on the blah, blah, blah? For companies that can do that well out of the gate, they might be small, but they can garner trust pretty quickly. And I think for us, it's around don't 
just rest on your trust because you can trust can quickly become you're like my mom's brand or my dad's brand. You're my grandma's brand. Right. And then that's not a place that you want to be because then you quickly become, that's the brand that my parents use, not the brand that I want to use. You could be Maxwell House or you could be Oreo. Exactly. Exactly. Either way, you need to brush your teeth. Exactly. Either way, you, well, at least I hope you're brushing your teeth. So Dana, you're, you're so skilled in communicating complex problems. That's I think a a skill that can really take someone pretty far in their career. What's your advice to others who are trying to become clearer, more strategic thinkers at their current role? I think you're giving me way too much uh, credit there, Rachel, but I, I, and I don't think anything that I'm going to say will be absolutely super earth shattering. I would say I'm a big believer in the elevator pitch. I tell everyone on my team, if you bump into the CEO and our CEO is quite accessible in the elevator and he asks you a question, you want to be able to answer that within that elevator ride. Make sure your answer is simple, even if it's a really complex question. So know your elevator pitch is number one. Tied to that is that simple thing that I think we all learn in business school. What is it called? KISS. Can I keep it simple, right? And I do think sometimes... Wait, 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 that's just one S. Oh, keep it simple, stupid. But Yeah, <laughs> that's keep right. Keep it simple, stupid. And so I really believe we can all benefit from taking something that feels really complex and just making sure that it can be communicated to someone that... They always, I say, put yourself in the position of somebody who knows nothing about your business. Like if you just ran into someone on the street, could they understand what you're talking about? Because if they can't, then maybe you don't really know what you're talking about or you've made it too complex. And and if you want, especially in organizations, we're 35,000 employees globally, you want to get a lot of people rowing the boat in the same direction. And to get that boat rowing in the same direction, you need to be able to articulate your plans in a super simple manner to everybody, not just the five people or 10 people or 30 people that sit in your your team. You need to bring it all the way to the person that's on the manufacturing floor or in the logistics team. Some people say style over substance. I say substance over style. I must say there's some consulting slides that I'm like, it kills me every time I see them. I'm like, oh my God, do they pay you for complexity in slide creation. And so the answer is yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. So I'm just, I'm just like, to me, it's like, you know, just keep it simple and, and, and make sure you can explain it to anybody. Well, one thing that's become more clear to me when uh, I was stalking you before this episode, your LinkedIn reads personal purpose, open heart, open mind, open doors. And originally I was going to ask you if this is your leadership motto, but after hearing you you know, for the past little bit, the answer is clearly yes. How do you do it globally though? Yes. Full transparency. I was late to the whole personal purpose space. To me, I was always like, that feels a little fuzzy. I'm not sure what to do with it, but I, I would really highly encourage everyone to do kind of a, a their own personal purpose statement. As way of background, I am one of three adopted children. I am half black, half white. I grew up in a relatively small community in Eastern Washington state, you know, and this is in the seventies, both my adoptive parents are white. And so all of that has influenced the person that I am. And, and part of that is this idea of being an empathetic leader. Like once you've really can try to walk a little bit in everyone's shoes, it helps you to be a bit more flexible, a bit more understanding with the people you work with, whether that's, you know, I I was in Europe for eight years, the last, you know, 18 months dealing with COVID, 
you really need to not pass judgment and you need to be able to really truly empathize from the heart with what might be going on inside someone's home this day and age. And so I think I've been able to take that wherever I've gone to, to try to better understand the person that I'm sitting across from or trying to, to work with only because I've been in several situations where you know, I have felt that maybe people don't totally understand maybe what somebody else is going through. And so don't pass judgment until you've spent a few days in their shoes. Asking for the audience who might be listening. Have you found that more challenging to do in this virtual world where maybe you haven't been able to get to know your colleagues on a personal level? You know, it's funny. It's a little bit of both. Like initially in the early days, I would say of COVID, I actually felt that I got to know some people even better because you were you were now basically in their homes. The best line that I heard from COVID was that we were all in the same boat, but we might not have been in the same sea. And really trying to understand what was happening in someone's life, whether it's a single person in New York by themselves, or it's a person with young kids at home, or a person with somebody who has actually gotten sick with COVID, All of them were experiencing different things. And I'm not sure you would have known that had you not sometimes been one-to-one with them in their home environment. So in a strange way, there are certain people that I got to know even better because they had to let me in because they were dealing with maybe personal things in their own life. I think as we start to now come out of COVID, what we might be missing is how do you create like collaboration and a collective kind of team spirit, because now you've got people kind of spread all over, in our case, the US, not just all over New York. And so how do you keep kind of trying to build this very cohesive team when everybody's now spread across the US? Well, I've already gotten to know you in a way I haven't via Zoom prior. You have an incredible life story. I'm curious, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? So probably I would say the bravest thing I've ever done, and this is what I would say is personal and professional, was taking my family to Europe. We had the opportunity to to take an expat assignment with Colgate, and in full transparency, I was clueless. I had no idea what I was getting into. It just sounded cool. My husband was game. But you know, I would always tell people, you know, know what you're getting into from a personal, on a personal side, you know, I'm a dual income family. So my husband was taking a risk. He's kind of leaving his career trajectory to do that. You leave your social network behind. You're kind of out there by yourself. So you hunker down as, as a family. And then what was also interesting as I think Many companies are used to expat males. They're not always used to expat females. And I remember having a conversation with the relocation specialist about daycare, and she had no idea how to answer my question because she was not used to having someone needing daycare because my husband was still going back and forth between the U.S. So on a personal side, you kind of put your family and your relationship Uh, with your partner kind of in a a somewhat precarious situation, potentially. And then on a professional side, you also put your professional side in a bit of a risk because you go somewhere where you likely don't know the language, you don't know the culture, but you're expected to have an impact. And so you learn really quickly to, once again, this is when the empathy, I think, helps out a lot. You learn to kind of put your ear to the ground and listen. You learn to be flexible. You learn to be patient all at the same time, knowing that you're there for a reason. 
they've sent you over there not just to enjoy the European life, they've sent you over there to make an impact on the business. So I think trying to find ways where you can have an immediate impact to build that trust across whatever market you're working in is really important. Well, Dana, I would follow you across the pond. And I mean, just such a fascinating insight around just daycare and women at work. It's really wild, everything that you've been able to experience. And thank you for sharing with our audience. My pleasure. I hope you can help someone in their journey abroad. So happy to be here. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of Truth, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming center stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.